0: Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, here this time, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Yep. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. So as always, we try to get on the phone with our grandfather because we know that's what the people really want to hear. That's the most entertaining thing we do here on the podcast. And so me and Matthew gave him a call earlier and we missed it, but then he gave us a call back. So we'll throw
1: it to that right now. Grimpo, I don't so, think we've talked to you since after the NFL draft. I, I'm not I'm, I'm not too crazy about about what they did. Uh I I
2: just I just can't understand how the hell they could have passed up this uh this this Trump. And uh I I really didn't care for this Mayfield. I I just I mean, they they take the shortest the damn quarterback in in the draft. They say the guy's never played in a pro-style offense. He's always in the shotgun. I mean, these guys, it takes too damn much time to try and, of course, he's not going to play this year. He's not going to play his first year because he's nowhere ready, but I I just think he's got, he, he comes with some baggage that I think that they can't overcome. You know, they, some of these other guys, got they got some rocket arms. Well, maybe they're not too accurate, but by God, they can throw the ball downfield. And, you know, if teams know that the quarterback can't throw the long ball, then that's, that's one strike against them. They don't have to defend too much against them.
1: Why do you think Baker can't throw the long ball? That That's actually one of the things that he does best. Uh, I mean, he's he's not very tall, I'll give you that, but, but he's got a strong arm.
2: Well, he's, he's, uh, a micrometer, micrometer notch is less than six foot from what I hear.
1: Your what? So, Your crometer? Uh,
2: micrometer. I think you
1: say micro micrometer? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, a crometer is what you, are better going to think this of a piece of a rod, a steel rod or something, you know. It's is. <laughs> 10,000 10, increments. So, I mean, this guy is just just a few degrees less than six foot, last I heard. So, <laughs> um, if he stands up on his tiptoes, he probably gets to be six foot one, maybe. But uh, I, I think that he's uh, that he's uh, not not, not uh, uh, tall enough. So, you know, he's out of Joe, Montana. He's out of Drew Brees. You know, these guys, some guys make it when they can be six-foot six foot quarterbacks, but I think this guy's got a long way to go. I, I don't really care. Uh, I know they, they drafted this Denzel Ward, this quarterback, and I don't know too much about him, but uh, uh, I've heard a lot of pros and cons about him, and uh, not nothing has been... Uh, Totally positive about about him. There's been a lot of negative uh, talking about him too. So I, I don't know. I, I just hope that that they can uh, really do something. I, I think that if they do not win in, in the first a game in the first five or six games, I think that the coach is going to be gone. I, they can't put up with it. You know, once they give him all of the ammunition that he needs, and he still can't produce. Ben, I think he's history. I, mean,
0: he I think that's so. the truest thing you've ever said, Grandpa. Maybe not five or six <laughs> games, but if he doesn't win a significant amount more games this year, he is certainly gone.
2: Yeah. I love you. Hey, he Nancy. He. <laughs> I love you too. Did you call to pick on your grandpa?
0: We did not call to pick on him, no. We called to hear his thoughts.
2: Oh, okay. okay. They're picking my brain.
0: We're just soaking up all the wisdom we can. That's what we're doing now.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, Grandpa, yeah. looking ahead to next year, did you hear that the NFL draft is going to be here in Nashville?
2: Yeah, I talked to your father last week, and he said so, yeah.
1: <laughs> and any, any chance we can get you to come up for that? I know you don't like to travel. Uh, we're going to have to get you on a I plane, love.
2: Grandpa. Uh, listen, you guys laugh, but... Uh, Nancy, uh, I, against all my better judgment, Nancy's getting on a plane to go to New York to see her for for uh, grandson. No so, way. Um,
1: what you're so
2: you're I'm gonna, gonna fly? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am gonna get an airplane. I'm gonna uh, take uh, I'm gonna take uh, some uh, one of those uh,
1: She's going to have to drag uh, your butt through the airport. I remember the last uh, time I uh, flew with you, uh, you were uh, falling uh, asleep uh, every time you stopped moving. Uh, I looking
2: forward to the flight. I really uh, am. <laughs> okay. What does it take and, to put
0: you down, Grandpa? A horse tranquilizer?
2: <laughs> well, uh, I, I uh, last time... I, you know, last time when everyone went to the Browns game? I think it was Browns, I mean I, I, the doctor gave me a couple of frank wipes I, I I couldn't have given a it if they cut my head off with a dull knife, you know, that's I
1: <laughs> So that's that's the kind of pill I need now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nancy, you might as well go ahead and call ahead and get a um, get a wheelchair at the arriving airport because you're going to have to wheel him off that airplane. <laughs> all right, Grandpa. Well, thanks for giving us a call. Um, we'll let you go. I'm sure you're tired after all your dancing.
2: Okay, you rotten grandsons. All right.
0: We love you, Grandpa. Thanks for talking to us. Oh, okay, love you, too. We'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Love Bye. you, <laughs> All right, so that was fantastic. We got Grandpa talking about what he thought about the draft. Hates it, of course. We got a little Nancy talk in there. Nancy gave you a shout-out, Matthew. She's really excited to be on the pod. Um, That's pretty exciting. Um, What else? They were dancing. That was was fantastic. We got
3: some insight on the (laughs) the exact type of dances that (laughs) they are capable of, which is far more than I am. I've got the Cupid Shuffle, and that's about it. (laughs) I fully expected to say... <laughs> Every
1: wedding Michael's been to sits on the sideline until the cupid shuffles played. Oh yeah, and that's the ticket.
0: Well, when I asked that question, I fully expected Grandpa to say jitterbug, and I didn't expect him to know any other dances. But oh, that's hilarious. Man. He's been doing the jitterbug. What since... a
1: generational difference! I know. Right? Like, like when I'm eighty, there's not a chance I'm going to be like, oh, we went dancing and did this.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What dances? I you be do? like, because eh. we're not living the best
0: life, I basically. Did. Oh, I definitely. When I'm 80, I hope I'm doing the Soldier Boy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
2: soldier
3: Boy, i mean, Oh, oh, that call, that call with Grandpa and the Dougie and the
1: stanky leg. <laughs> I can only help. <laughs> just, just help. all the things. You
3: imagine all the old people and stanky uh, leg like, be
1: hard with like a replacement hip. All like,
3: the, old, <laughs> all the old people and all their like saggy tattoos and yeah. everything. It's, Ooh, gonna it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Yeah, we're, we're
1: gonna, gonna be the grossest old generation. That yeah, ever no, been. there
0: are always so many tattoos, so many piercings.
3: Oh Ugh. well, yeah, whatever. No, that was a that was a pretty <laughs> special call with Grandpa. There's no doubt about it. We covered a lot of a lot of ground. Yeah, with that and I'm one. really
0: excited. We got to get him up here for the draft in 2019, which is going to be held right here in Nashville. We don't talk about about that.
3: that. We don't talk about that that often. So I'm not even 100% sure that all of our listeners know that we're sitting right in middle Tennessee recording this podcast uh, every single time. But we're here in Nashville where the draft is going to be the Browns Super Bowl every year. So we're already contemplating what that's going to look like. um, But we're hoping to put something significant together for everybody to enjoy. So. We'll be there. You're we'll be by, doing you're, something.
1: You're buying a house, right? Everybody at your house. Yeah, party at sure. Michael's place. Yeah,
3: Yeah. me and all oh, the kids open the can host
0: everybody. It'll be great. All those gruff Browns fans come in and hang out with your two-year-old. That'll be great. <laughs> Anyone that listens to the pod, welcome. <laughs> she can handle it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, she can. There's I'll no give doubt.
0: out. I'll give out your address on the next podcast <laughs> for sure. Oh, there was a ton of different stuff that happened since our last podcast. Um, there was some personnel shakeups, um, and uh, obviously, I don't know. Did you guys talk about this in the last podcast, or was it announced yet? What Hard Knocks? No, it's coming to Cleveland. Let's go.
3: Yeah, it's a big deal.
0: That is great news. So we'll talk about it's, that. It's lo- good to
1: know that you listened to the last podcast.
0: I actually, I actually did listen to the last podcast. I just don't <laughs> remember if. I just don't remember if what talking in the microphone. You're talking over the microphone. All right. Well, I actually did listen. I actually did listen to last podcast, and um, I just don't remember. It was kind of it was kind of boring. I like listening for myself. Really is the only reason I listen. I'm just (laughs) going to be honest, so you can laugh at your own jokes. Wow, Mark, you're hilarious. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) You really keep this thing lively, and everyone listens just for you. And then I give myself a pat on the back, and then I go to sleep, and I sleep like a baby. Um, yeah, so we'll, <laughs> just so everyone knows, a little insight into how I think about the podcast. And then also the Jamar Taylor trade, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we wanted to get into um, just just the simple question, are we better off right now than we were a year ago at this time? Talk about the shakeups in the roster, mostly on the offensive side and how we're looking. I um, want to start off with that Jamar Taylor trade, just talk about that we traded for a six-round pick in 2020. Um, with the Arizona Cardinals. you excited about that hall, Michael, Matthew? That hall, Yeah, six-round pick I, in I,
3: 2020. Let's go. Uh, I think it <laughs> was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Jamar Taylor <laughs> was on the outside looking in when it comes to this uh, secondary uh, group that we had. We had way too many corners. I think the guy that has to be the most happy about this is Howard Wilson because he actually has a prayer <laughs> now. Uh, he's, a couple other guys need to get knocked off for him to have a prayer remake in this team. Honestly, keep forgetting about him. Um, but, I mean, the thing about Jamar Taylor is, is we knew what he was. He was never going to be a great player. Like, he could be serviceable in the slot, and you really don't want to play him outside. And we brought in all of these new guys, brought in by the new regime, and so I don't think anyone expected him to stick around. So, we're, honestly... I think Joe Banner even tweeted about this, like it, saying it was impressive that the Browns got anything for him, because everybody knew that Jamar Taylor was going to get cut. Right. So to get a sixth round pick even two years from now is better than nothing. And when
1: we traded for him from the Dolphins, it was for a swap of seventh-round picks. Like, so... We got Jamar Taylor for two years, and, I mean, he was fine. Like, he wasn't he wasn't yeah. the greatest player, but we got two years of a decent player and then moved him for
3: more than we paid for him. I do say, so I at will the end say, of the day, we didn't pay much for him. He played decent for the Browns. Yeah. Like, thank you, Jamar Taylor, yeah. for your service. I do feel bad for the guy because he turned his, like, career around, proved that he could play in the NFL with the Browns last two and years one, ago. one game. Um. That sucks too, but then he got his three. Also, yes. He got his three-year deal. Like he actually yeah. made some money. Yeah. Got his three-year deal, but had to take a huge pay cut in this deal. Like he was, he was due to make a, over four million dollars with the Browns this year, and he had to restructure it to like nine hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars for the for next year. For that this trade sucks, to go through. For this did, trade to go he, through. Did he
1: did he just restructure his deal like yes. and it's the okay. same amount? Or is, did he actually take that? He oh, took, he a, ate he took all that. a three million dollar pay cut.
3: Yes. Why?
0: Because I guess he didn't think he was gonna get signed. I it mean, happened.
3: I, it oh, happened. I just feel brutal. bad for the guy because he got one year of getting paid and then he's out the door and doesn't have that paycheck coming in like he thought he did.
1: It's all right. He's gonna get a chance to play though.
3: Oh yeah, no I doubt. Mean, he
1: might be the. He might be starting opposite Patrick Peterson. Yeah. So I guess it's so. If he plays well, he'll get his five mil next year, and then he'll go get paid on the free agent market, hopefully.
3: Cardinals are all about the former Browns cornerbacks sitting opposite Patrick Peterson. They rocked Tremont Williams last year.
1: Isn't he back to the pack now?
3: Yeah. Tremont Williams, old man, holding it down. I mean, Hold he
1: was an old man when he played with the Packers that first time.
3: Yeah. All right. What do we got next, Mark?
0: Well, there was also the the personnel shakeups. Do any of you guys have any hot takes about Bobby Vega leaving the Browns organization? Served for
1: quite a long time, 15 years or something like that? I'll be honest. (laughs) I became aware that Bobby Vega worked for the Browns in the announcement. When you you read Tony Grossi's article. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm... This is to be expected, right? Like this this happens all the time. A new GM comes in and the personnel changes wait or the the personnel yep, yep. department changes wait until after the draft because there's not enough time to swap these guys out and, and, that's and fill out and get their new people in. And so um I I think I'm actually surprised that it seems to be limited to 5 people. Yeah. That that isn't really substantial changes in in the and grand scheme I'm of things. I'm pretty so, excited that Andrew Barry's still here. I'm very excited that Andrew Barry's still here. Um, excited that Paul is still here. Not quite sure what he's doing on a day-to-day <laughs> basis without, like, his role made sense when Sashi was here and, like, yeah. the, the whole thing was, like, working together. I'd, I'm not sure what DePodesta's doing. Paul DePodesta
3: is cashing checks.
1: Good for him, <laughs> man. Good for him. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, uh, I hope people are like asking questions like, does this make mathematical sense, Paul? And Paul's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and then and then he's like, like $4 billion <laughs> a
3: year.
1: Money, please. First thing, yes.
3: <laughs> no, but it's him and that Ken Kovash guy that is also like super analytically minded. And he got kicked over to report to De Podesta and out of the personnel department whenever Dorsey came around. Yeah. Yeah, and so both of those guys are just floating over or there in their own there, like, wing of the checks, office, doing whatever. That's awesome. Making things
1: happen. That's the dream. Like just crunching
3: numbers. Yeah,
1: and crushing you're crushing Excel. And you're completely <laughs> outside of the reporting structure yeah. of like everybody else, and the guy who doesn't just, actually appreciate you.
3: Just don't piss anybody
1: off. Yeah, and you're don't, good. no, just don't piss like Jimmy or D off. Like yeah. that's the only thing that happens. And needs you that are happen. just fine. Oh man. Yeah. I love
0: that. So, um, so not really much to say about there. Um, but we also this is the big news, and this is the this is the thing that I'm pretty excited about. It's obviously huge news for our podcast and what we're going to be able to talk about. But HBO is picking up Hard Knocks for the Browns. Um, so they are going to be. I don't know. Me and Matthew were talking about it earlier. How many episodes do you think it is? I, I think, think like it's five. It's actually five? not that many episodes. Okay, five hour long episodes. Um, so we'll get to get our Browns fix before the season starts um, what are you guys uh, most excited about the the storyline that compels you most going into this hard knocks miniseries
1: um, what do you think Matthew honestly it, yeah like <laughs> I'm pumped about watching like David and Joku like live his everyday life and just like party the way that David and Joku lives like a freaking... King, we've talked about this before, you want to see David Njoku with a shirt off again, don't you? Always.
3: Not as much as I want <laughs> to see Miles Miles Garrett with his shirt off. Both of them next to each other.
1: Like, mm-hmm. the way that David Njoku lives his life and just, like, smile on his face, like, party in. Like, he's the one player of He's all like an players interesting. on team, He's the one person.
3: That is of the most intrigue to you. I, I, I'm not even sure that they'll go deep with David Njoku. Maybe not, but...
1: But he does live I, like I, a th- king. I, I think there's a story there, and then his whole background, the like, chief. like yeah. he's a freaking like
0: prince of something, yeah, or
1: chief or something. Like, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's compelling. Tell to me. me, tell like,
1: me, <laughs> just, <laughs> just and tell
3: they, me more, HBO.
1: There, I am compelled. There
3: are so, <laughs> there are so many guys though that you could like say. Oh, this guy would be super interesting to see what he's actually like. Like, Jabril Peppers? Like, think about what he's like off the field. Christian Kirksey's kind of, like, a pretty interesting dude. Miles Garrett, and, like, into all his interests, whether it be dinosaurs or poetry or whatever the heck it might be, like, I could see them going that route. He's got to be one of the stars. Jarvis Landry? Yeah. Our new Chad Thomas, the, like, producer? Yeah. Like...
1: We have oh. Josh. Josh Gordon's going like, to be a huge Josh like, Gordon. Man, Antonio Callaway.
0: Like, like Joe Shobert. Like Pro Bowler came out of nowhere. Jamie Collins. Like,
3: oh my on. goodness! But just from the personality standpoint, there's so many different angles mm-hmm. you could see them taking. It'll be interesting. I'm, they'll take you know. All, Drew. I'll take all Drew the footage and pick the best stuff. Drew Stanton, guys. <laughs>
1: Let's go, Drew. <laughs> ah, Drew Stanton. What a honestly dropper.
0: though, Jamie Meter. I hope he gets so much FaceTime. I wanna see the pierogi prince.
3: Oh, it's the best nickname of all time. It, it absolutely I, is.
1: I hope Joe gets some Joe Joe Thomas gets some airtime. Oh I'm sure. I he mean, will. he's gonna be around the facility and still doing brown stuff. Don't know what he's gonna be doing, but yeah. If if nothing I else, just hanging like out.
0: Coaching like mentoring role for the offensive line. I he mean, said that on his podcast, didn't he?
3: Well, he's still rehab. So what he said most recently that I heard on his podcast was that he's still rehabbing from his injury. Okay. So he's still been in the building. And so since he's been around all the guys, he's went out of his way to you know, work with you know Sean Coleman. Because he's that kind of guy. Those guys on the offensive <laughs> yep. line. Because there's nobody better to actually impart wisdom on that front. Yeah, exactly. But all right, you're excited about David Njoku. The thing I'm most excited about is to see the dynamics of the coaching staff, particularly Todd Haley, Hugh Jackson. Todd Haley, Baker Mayfield? I mean, the whole Todd Haley thing is just a wild card to me at this point. Yeah, like, that's true. We have like some divisive coaches and personalities, and Hugh Jackson was owning this offense, and everything they've said so far is it's going to be Todd Haley's. But what does that dynamic look like? You learn so much just from seeing yeah. body language and how they interact, not necessarily what they're actually saying to each other, but just kind of the feeling you get of how they work together. I'm going to come away, I think, from hard knocks either feeling really good about where things are going or uh-huh. having a lot of questions about where things are going. And I'd probably lean in that direction that I'm going to have a lot of questions. Yeah but it'll be compelling television. I'm yeah, like quite he, certain about that. Is
0: Hugh Jackson going to be already trying to overthrow Todd Haley in the eyes of Jimmy Haslam? Like, is he already trying to slime his way into that situation before it's even gone bad?
1: But, well, I mean, didn't Hugh, Hugh hired Todd Haley, right? Like, that, yeah. that's how the hiring yeah, but, structure works. So, but like, he's got
0: to set up his defenses just in case something goes bad, because it inevitably will.
1: He is. There's there is There's only one other person in this world who like refuses to take blame for anything more than Hugh Jackson.
3: Uh, one I... of them has some awful hair, and one of them has no hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so, no, but seriously, the whole Todd Haley, Hugh Jackson thing, I have no idea how that's going to shake out. And I think the insight we'll get from yeah. seeing the cameras is going to be really telling.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'd have to say for me, watching um, right after we drafted Baker Mayfield, fortunately I hadn't watched the Behind Baker series, but I like binge-watched the whole thing as soon as we drafted him. And um, I don't know how many episodes it was, but it was multiple, multiple hours that I just did that. Um, and just seeing the way that Baker Mayfield interacts with the people in his life and how much the people in his life are super loyal to him, because the the media narrative is that this guy's like like honestly, just a cocky asshole, and that he doesn't care about anyone but himself and par- just parties all the time, Johnny Manziel comparison. I'm interested to see how he um, wins relationships and like has humility in that locker room um, in a place where he's the new guy and can show his true colors that I saw from him in behind Baker and just see how that works out. Because if he's going to be our long-term quarterback, how he commands that locker room is going to be really important. Um, and that's a big selling point for why we drafted him was that he has the quote-unquote swag. Um, so I'm just interested to see how that plays out with the veterans and the other people in the room. And Tyrod and that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and Tyrod, It's going to be
3: super interesting to see like the competitiveness, how close those guys end up being or not. While they're practicing, yeah. All of yeah. that sort of thing is going to be really intriguing. I want to see, see, too, the – Josh Gordon, like, and... The wide receiver room? There's two players (laughs) that I think... It's so We we need just,
1: like, a live cam on the wide receiver room. It'll be
3: insane. It'll be insane. Another thing, like, there's two players that I think I want to have on the Browns long-term on our offense that could both not be there within the next few years, and that's Duke Johnson and Josh Mm -hmm. Gordon. And to see the cameras on them, like, behind the scenes is going to, like, I think I'm going to have so much more of a feel on how bought-in either one of them Duke, are. Duke
1: seems to think that he's going to be there long-term. I mean, he was talking about making good progress on a contract extension, mm-hmm. which shocked me.
3: Yeah, it's a I'd, bad bad move for all aspiring NFL players. Um, <laughs> don't go out publicly saying you feel really good about where you are because but you kind of lose I mean, your power. Who knows power. what
1: numbers, what kind of like contract he's being thrown out, but... If I was him and I saw that Jarek McKinnon deal that the 49ers oh, gave Jarek McKinnon, like he's like the fifth highest paid running back in the league now.
3: Yeah. And Duke Johnson's definitely better than Jarek McKinnon. I would and think so, so that's what scares me. And I think we've talked about it here on this podcast, but I think that's going to belabor this deal actually happening. That. That is kind of the elephant in the room, is how big that deal is. And I don't think that the Browns are going to be willing to match that type of deal for Duke. And he might be worth it, but i the market is currently bearing more. And I'm worried we're going to run into a Terrell Pryor-type situation where he wants to test the market, and I wouldn't blame him. Yep. And we end up with our hands empty. But he feels good about it, so that's good. <laughs> We'll yeah. see. I think good to,
1: good to know. <laughs> Honestly, I think the play with Josh Gordon is going to be um, let him play, see what happens. He's a restricted free agent. See how it plays out. I mean, ultimately, you can franchise him twice if you if you really want to. And
3: oh, Josh is going to be around. But I think what I'm interested to see is the behind the scenes, the dynamics, how bought in he is. Like how my feeling about Josh Gordon, I'm gonna get a lot more insight than I get right now from Tony Grossi and Mary Kay talking about what they see. You know, like we just don't get that sort of behind the scenes type of look. You actually hear what Hugh Jackson's talking about and what these beat writers that I don't necessarily trust what they're seeing on the field. I wanna see I
0: wanna see Josh Gordon and Antonio Callaway interact. And like actually, they've I, what they, I actually they've want like to do worked
3: it. together
1: at that at that training place in down Gainesville. In, in Gainesville, yeah. yeah, they were both there for With the same a, coach. Yeah,
0: I'm saying that I actually want a camera crew following them everywhere they go, so that they know someone's it watching. Be on camera. <laughs> Could be a huge benefit. I would pay Cleveland HBO Browns. to follow them <laughs> everywhere.
1: No, and that's true. Um, I think an interesting aspect of this is you'll you'll get a behind-the-scenes look as to which players actually hang out together. Because what what we miss in this whole, like, you watch a a team and you think everybody's, like, best friends, and there's no way that that's true. And, like, some guys really genuinely do like each other and hang out, and some guys just probably. I mean, I imagine if I was on an NFL roster, there would be at least, like, 25 people that I'd hate. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it.
3: That's because Matthew doesn't like people.
0: <laughs> if there's a room of twenty five people, there's at least twenty five people Matthew hates. <laughs> so. uh,
2: fair.
3: No Callaway. I mean, if there's any buzz about anybody after any of the like rookie mini camps and some of these OTA practices that have been opened, like he is generating more buzz than anyone. Right? Just from his raw athleticism and route running ability. It will be super interesting to see how this plays out with him. If he can stay I mean, clean. He's,
1: he's going to make this roster and produce if he can stay on track. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. I, like, I I almost ignore the reports of him out of minicamp because I, I I don't care and I know what he's going to do there. It's just it's the ones when he's on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Those are the only reports that what, are going to matter. Yeah, what is he doing then? That's, that's what matters. Oh
0: man. Yeah. So, I mean, we obviously have a lot more talent, um, in the wide receiver room. Um, so let's go to that question. What, where do you think we are compared to last year, Michael? Um, just looking at our new additions on offense, um, just completely objectively, how many people do we add? Um, then subjectively tell me what you think about that.
3: I mean, I think we all know that the talent on our roster is better right now, but it's fun to look at it at a position-by-position level. So I thought that maybe we could take a look at that with the offense this week, and in a future podcast we can look more specifically at the defense. But just looking at the offense and listing the starters on week one versus Pittsburgh, or really the depth chart, Versus Pittsburgh last year and Week One versus w- who we would project as the the guys we'd see on the roster this year. We have 12 new players on offense, which is quite a lot to go through. It's it,
1: half that's half the players on offense.
3: I mean, we, oh, you yeah. start 11 guys to have 12 whole new players yeah. on the r- roster. The whole depth chart that's insane. Yeah, and it's all of the quarterback room. Like there is not a single dude playing quarterback that was on our team last year. That's fine with me. I mean, <laughs> it is fine with me. We'll we'll finish with them, but I think we'll start with the offensive line and go from there, because the offensive line is actually where we had the least amount of turnover last year.
1: But it's the most dramatic changes
3: on offensive line. Yeah,
1: probably. I mean, I mean quarterback. It, quarterbacks it, are pretty dramatic change, <laughs> but like, oh yeah, it's, it's the most like, ugh. I guess it's the only like negative. It's the only negative
3: on our entire roster. If you look at last year versus this year, the only negative is the absence of Joe Thomas, and but we added Austin Corbett, Chris Hubbard, and we have Desmond Harrison also in there competing. We talked about this offline. Donald Stevenson, come on, Michael. He's not making this team. I we we've, we've talked about this and projected who, what the nine offensive linemen to make this team, and we are already giving it to Desmond Harrison over Donald Stevenson, despite Donald Stevenson's experience in the league.
0: Not Roderick Johnson?
3: But here's here's what is encouraging on the offensive line. So, yes, Joe Thomas is gone. No one's going to replace Joe Thomas. There's going to be a competition between Corbett and Coleman and Desmond Harrison to win that job. The best guy's going to take it. That's great. But... On our active roster last year, not our active, but our fifty-three man roster going into the Steelers game, was Zach Banner as one of our offensive linemen. This year, what we're looking at right now is Desmond Harrison is possibly going to be like the weakest link on our offensive line. Like the talent I don't, and the I don't physical that, ability that is a huge a, step up. I don't know that that's a great
1: argument though, because we haven't seen Desmond Harrison play and he played at West Georgia in college he just has to be better than Zach Banner I, I know but I mean there's a lot of college left tackles who aren't better than Zach Banner but I'm also thinking- Zach Banner was a fourth round pick Desmond Harrison was an undrafted free agent signing like, and there's a reason for all those things. And I don't know that Desmond Harrison has some like I character the, issues coming with him. I think the with talent
3: him. level and a physical ability is far greater for Desmond Harrison. So I, I feel great about that versus Zach Banner and the talent level. And also just thinking about the two guys that miss out on that left tackle spot being depth on our offensive line. Much stronger position than we were in last year. But – it's nothing compared to where we're at on the other positions on offense. Wide receiver room, <laughs> it's it's a completely different story. It's our starters, do you, Mark, can you recall who our starters were week one against Pittsburgh last year? Probably Ricardo Lewis, Josh Gordon, and Corey no. Coleman. Josh, Gordon, Josh was Gordon
0: was suspended. Oh, yeah, for the first couple of games. So Corey for Co- no, for the first, first like, ten, 10 games. games. So Corey Coleman, Ricardo Lewis... And Rashard Higgins. And Kenny Britt. Rashard Higgins
3: actually was on the practice squad. Of course. Starting the season, as we were talking about beforehand. So it was Corey Coleman, (laughs) Kenny Britt, Ricardo Lewis, Sammy Coates, Kaysen Williams, and Reggie Davis.
1: Was Kaysen Williams on the team week one?
3: Yeah. He was active, but he didn't really get any snaps.
1: He was on the team for sixteen weeks, and he hardly ever played.
3: He got, he was on the fifty-three man, and um, Higgins got kicked to the practice squad, which was weird. But so that's the lousy set of receivers. Excuse me, man, that was quite a. This burp. is turning
1: into drunk history over here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we got Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman's the third man up, then Antonio Callaway, who we've already talked about,
1: who who's. Potentially better than anybody we had last year
3: oh, on the starting roster. Potentially. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I don't know who you want to throw in there for the five and six spots, but I'm throwing in Jeff Janice and Ricardo Lewis. Ricardo Lewis was our third wide receiver last year, and he may or may not make the roster and is definitely the sixth guy if you're counting it that he makes the roster. Yeah.
1: And the, the number two wide receiver from last year got cut midway through the season. Oh, yeah. So, so like, and arguably he was our number two wide receiver last year. Yeah. The talent Lewis upgrade
3: was. at wide receiver is drastic. We've probably had the worst wide receiving core in the NFL last year when you don't consider Josh Gordon.
1: I don't know. The Ravens was pretty bad too.
3: Oh, anyways, huge upgrade to look at like where that was last year to where it is now. Like, I don't know how you can't get excited. And it, gets better as you go to running back and quarterback. So running back, I the changes are pretty obvious. We dropped Isaiah Crowell, who we started with last year, added Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb.
1: But running back wasn't a huge like need for us coming into last year. Like, I'd, I, like if we, a year ago, if we roll back to the pods, none of us were sitting here being like, man, I'm kind of concerned about running back. And then Isaiah Crowell came out and just kind of shit awesome. the bet.
3: Okay, but... Would you ever have felt like, oh, our running backs are gonna win us games? I, I, felt, like, I, I mean, felt like we given, had a solid set of running backs, but the, I don't think we were ever super confident in that core sure, of running backs.
1: Sure, but given the state of the roster last year, running back was like probably eighth on the my list of, of our worries. worries. Like, yeah. sure, like, like shy of. So I I listed out our strengths from that 2017 roster. Yeah, I had left tackle, offensive line, linebacker, and running back listed as the strengths. Mm-hmm. And like I feel pretty good about if we had to think about the strengths of a roster, running back was one of them, and yet we still improved it, yeah. dr- dramatically coming into this year.
3: Just the depth there. I mean, Carlos Hyde, even, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson,
1: I and mean, even if even if Carlos Hyde and Isaiah Corral are kind of a wash, like just yeah. a which I consider like, comparable player, yeah. sure. We added Nick Chubb, which is going to be. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be he's the most talented player that we have there to be a every down back.
3: I'm really interested to see how these carries end up working out.
1: I hope Carlos Carlos had seems like like almost like a Kenny Britt signing. Now. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he got traded midway through the season or Nick ended Chub up getting got cut. All the
0: carries. I'm that on would
1: board. Be, that would be, I'd be totally fine with that. Like he might get traded before the season starts.
3: Oh yeah. Within a serious injury, we've talked about this. Uh, with a serious injury, I think he's the perfect candidate to step in and be like a, a savior a to a yep. uh, playoff contending team. Yep. Yeah, well you you could get something legitimate for him, honestly. No, and
1: it, and it's not that I it's not that I hated the signing. Like I I felt like we needed some decent running back options, but then just the way the draft fell and then we drafted our running back and oh, suddenly you're the third man in the rotation and sorry, bro.
3: But I like okay, I like saying that because I like playing out the scenario where Nick Chubb is a beast and you know, Duke Johnson's going to still get his share and then Carlos Hyde's expendable. But have we ever seen our trade of a running back like that that actually garners any sort of value back? Like I am I just being I mean are we did, just being too optimistic the, in like suggesting that?
1: What did the Saints get I mean, I'm not expecting that we'll get a lot back. What did the Saints get for Peterson this year? I forget. Was it well, like a six round pick or something? That was like trash. That's yeah. that. I don't think
3: that. I think the Jay Ajayi deal is probably a better. That comp. was a fourth. Yeah. It's probably a better comp.
1: Jay Ajayi was a fourth, wasn't it?
3: Because it's actually a younger and running back that still has a lot of juice, like How going much to juice a does contender. Carlos
0: Hyde have left, though?
1: I mean, he's only like four years in the league. He
0: just finished his rookie deal. Yeah, but he's a running back. That's yeah,
1: a, what
0: but he still, about all he's still he's still like twenty-seven. Like, oh, he finished his rookie old. deal. Yeah, he's on his way out. This guy's not Frank Gore. Not living forever.
1: So Peterson was traded for a conditional sixth round pick. Okay. So we don't we don't know what the conditions there are going to be. Um, and Jay Ajayi was traded for a fourth round
3: pick. Like yeah. I said. So I think that's probably what you'd hope for a third or a fourth round pick for Carlos Hyde.
1: You're not getting. I a don't. Third, th- I don't th- think you're going to get that. I I would go for a, a fifth or a non conditional sixth. I mean, a- assuming you go through training camp and the preseason and Nick Chubb's a beast, and you're really not going to give Carlos what? Hyde. Okay,
3: explain to me why in the world you think the value for Carlos Hyde is that much less than Jay Ajayi.
1: Jay Ajayi was good. I don't
3: with know. With the Dolphins. Have you seen the NFL Top 100? Carlos Hyde is on. I know. The saw 96, I saw that, 96.
1: I saw that. I never watched the NFL Network and I was watching it for <laughs> some reason the other day and I scrolled through the bottom and I was like, What the hell? <laughs> There's not a chance that Carlos Hyde is one of the top 100 players in the NFL. Well, the other players think
0: so. So
3: just, just trying to know. pull as many data points as possible to, to justify my evaluation. Yeah, yeah. Pull that up. The what
1: trade. what other running back? Yeah, where is and Jaji?
3: I don't know how, even how far they are in that now. Are they? I think they're
0: probably like in the 60s or something now.
3: Yeah, they really got to string it out over the summer. Yeah, keep people engaged for all those. Okay, you yeah, they're, Who are they're,
0: the running they're, they're in the 50s.
1: Okay. So,
0: Carlos Hyde is 97. Do you think we can cite that in a trade that we make? <laughs> no, 97, no, no, 97th no, no, best player no. in the league.
1: No, no, no. All right. The next best running back is 70. So, the one okay. right before is 70. That's Devonta Freeman. See? There's not a chance Carlos, Hyde's Carlos worth a lot. Hyde. And then fifty eight is Leonard Fournette. Oh wow. Fifty four is Zeke Elliott. Yeah, see? What? Yeah. And then the they are players o- think Carlos up, Hyde's great. They're only up to fifty.
0: Do GMs think Carlos Hyde's great though? I mean, but is Carlos Hyde the actually? The
3: point is, that is, is J is definitely not on that list. Wait,
0: are we sleeping on Carlos Hyde and he's actually that great? I think Carlos Hyde is
3: a pretty decent Running back, right. and I do think he might be like a tiny step better than Isaiah Crowell, but he is not drastically well, better. He's got to be better Crowell. than
0: Isaiah Crowell was last year because Isaiah was terrible throughout the entire season. He All could right. not get through the line of, line of scrimmage to save his life.
1: I want to I want to give you two players, and you tell me who is more highly rated
3: on the NFL All top right. 100. Yep. Okay.
1: Carlos Hyde, C.J. Mosley.
3: I mean, it should be CJ Mosley.
1: I'm gonna say Carlos Hyde, my boy, <laughs> my boy Carlos Hyde. Let's go. You know how this game works. CJ Mosley, 98. Carlos Hyde, 97.
0: That's
3: hilarious. If if is this your only? Is this your only like entry to this have contest? Or do you have more?
0: No, I'll give you I'm another. Not. One. You've just wet my appetite, baby.
1: I'll give you another one. Um. Here's an interesting one, Bruce Irvin, Carlos Hyde.
3: How is Bruce Irvin on the NFL Top 100?
1: Good freaking question, because he's ranked <laughs> number 85. Like, what the freaking heck?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Like, um, Bruce Irvin. Even...
1: Bruce Irvin is above Chris Harris, um, Landon Collins. Lane Johnson, Kirk Cousins, the highest paid player in the league. Malcolm Jenkins. Where's Kirk Cousins at? Kirk Cousins is no longer 94. the highest paid
3: player in the league after the Matt Ryan deal.
1: Yeah. Oh, is he not?
3: Oh, Matty Ice, my boy. I and mean, Aaron Rodgers will be by the time the season yeah. starts. Um, so that's. Hilarious. I heard. Like Bruce Irvin might not
1: this. even make the Raiders. Like, he might get cut. So. <laughs> but the players really think he's good.
0: That's and that's all that matters in this like top one hundred. It's just a bunch of players. The process
3: for this top one hundred. Yeah, that's what is, is,
0: they probably get so bored by the end. They're like, Do oh, you I hear?
3: Don't. Have you heard um, Andrew Hawkins and Joe Thomas talk about this? No. So I guess like there is like a week where they do this, right? And I guess it's like at the end of the previous season, <laughs> and there's some like NFL like intern. That's, like, standing on the practice field as they're, like, leaving the practice field, like, heading into the locker room. and with, like make an iPad. And, and he makes them, like, come over to the side and he pulls, like, five or ten players and they, like, have to force rank, like, 20. So they, like, pick... Yeah. They just pick, like, a random number of players... Sure. And they force rank them and then they, like, push they all, of all of it together and that's how they, like, make the overall ranking. But so many of these players... Don't give two craps about like what these yeah. rankings are. There's no way that it is like yeah. A in very any way statistically relevant.
1: They want to go take a freaking shower. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, yeah, Bruce Irvin. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who gives a crap? Bruce Irvin.
0: Yeah. Bruce Irvin, he's four. What are you gonna do about it?
3: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah,
1: you're telling me this is anonymous? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyways. Put me down on record. Bruce Irvin, best player in the league. <laughs>
3: so we were <laughs> Our running backs, though, we were talking about the improvement of our roster. Is that what we were talking about? From no, I mean, last we year to this about. year. Running backs, it's a step up from last year. But your point is well taken about how like, it was considered a strength of our team heading yeah. into last season. And now, and now we have one of the top, top 100, 100
1: players in the league. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Let's go. And one of the top rookies and Duke Johnson, who's everybody's favorite. But I think the craziest thing is the way that our quarterback room has turned over and looking at it on paper makes what we walked into last season look that much worse. Like I didn't blame Sashi and I didn't feel that bad about it going into last year cuz we knew we were going to lose and I think I felt a little better than I probably should have about Cody Kessler and what he might be able to do. But the fact that we had Deshaun Kaiser, Cody Kessler and Kevin Hogan as mm. our only quarterback options last year, is kind of laughable.
0: I didn't feel as bad about that as I should have. Like,
1: it's
3: horrible.
1: But but isn't that a little bit of like revisionist history? Like, I felt like I kind of understood it, and that was the plan.
3: That's that's what I I mean that's that's like, what I just said. Like like, but we, it's also what like, got Sashi fired. We
1: knew that that was the the deal though, and I felt like everybody knew that that was the deal, and. That was just kind of the lumps that we were going to take.
0: We took Kaiser because it was good value. He wasn't supposed to start
1: every single game. Like, what's better? You've got a crap team, and then you have Josh McCown out there, and you go happen to win three games until he breaks some bone in his body, and now you're... Maybe don't have the number one pick to go take your quarterback. Like that was
3: Okay. I agree with you. If that, that was, was this, what we signed up okay, for. Okay. But if it was the stated plan, that would be one thing. Sashi and all them stated that they wanted to win games last year. So Bull, okay.
1: Bullshit. You you can't like But like that's at, true. That's
3: what they publicly stated. So
1: But look at what the NBA's done about tanking. Like in, in the NBA it makes the most sense to tank. Like, as soon as teams came out, like, Mark Cuban said they're tanking this year, and he got fined, like, a half a million dollars. Like, you can't come out and say that you're tanking. You can't come out and say that you're not trying to win. You, you come out and say you're trying to win, you're just trying to build for the future. And, like, a wink and a nod, and everybody knows what that means. We weren't prioritizing winning games last year, and, like, and that's fine. I have no problem with it. You, you can't say we were trying to win games and nobody who works in the NFL is stupid enough to roll out three quarterbacks who have never even started a freaking game in a quarterback no, room I and agree. be like, oh, we're trying to win. And, oh, I got fired because we didn't win enough games. No, you got fired because the owner changed his mind.
3: I mean, my point is, is the third string quarterback we have this year would have helped the Browns a heck of a lot last year. Like if Drew Stanton was starting games for the Browns last year would have been a heck of a lot better than what we trotted out there. Ooh, I've never seen Drew Stanton start an NFL game. I don't know about that. He started a handful of them, and he
0: has a winning record, I'm quite certain.
1: Huh. Drew Stanton's pretty awful.
0: I I just picture Drew Stanton as a coach, really. Like, no. he's in the quarterback room just, like, as another we should as just a coach. Sign,
1: we should just sign Jordan Palmer. Yeah, What's he, he up just, to? <laughs> you sign him as a quarterback. I like, have like him be in the like room. He's only like mid thirties, right? Like he's it's still be reasonable. Be right. it, is. it wouldn't be ridiculous. Yeah, like That's if he had is. to play, like he could do it. It's honestly about
0: the same thing as Drew Stanton. Like, I know,
1: right? They're about the same age, aren't they?
0: That's ours. We're, we're finding Drew Stanton's record right now. I'm trying to. Career sixty-six point three passer rating. He's got 20 touchdowns. How many interceptions? That statistic is not in front of me right now. Complete stats. Here we
1: go. We need a, a stats and info guy. All right. I'm trying to be that. Um, It's all right. We can
3: edit this. We can make it very precise.
0: All right. Career, he has 30 games played.
3: He has 11 starts and six wins. He has a
0: 52% completion percentage. Uh, twenty touchdowns, twenty four interceptions, eight, oh. eight fumbles,
1: but a six and five record.
3: No, guys, I found it. It's a le- It's seventeen games started, eleven wins, six losses. All that's right, that's killer. Uh, that's Brian Hoyer numbers right there. That's legit.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, eleven wins and six losses. I mean,
0: especially when you throw twenty touchdowns and twenty four interceptions. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. He willed his team to victory. He Tim Tebowed all those games. That's amazing.
3: (laughs) That's fantastic. Good for you, Drew. Yeah, I am on board with Drew Stanton. Oh, my gosh.
0: Who's he he
1: played for? The Cardinals and the Lions before that? Yeah, Yeah.
0: the Lions and the Cardinals. Look at his picture. He just looks like a dad. Oh. He literally looks like you'd see a dad at the park with his kids. That's Drew Stanton.
3: He's the best.
1: I love him. That's why it's Michael's favorite. <laughs> oh, 100%. Michael he likes is all the me. dad guys. Yeah. That is all me. All of them. <laughs> Drew Stanton, Matt Yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Just really rooting for the
1: dads. Absolutely.
3: Webb Simpson. Yeah. yeah. I see myself ben Crane. in that man. <laughs> no hair. Love it. All That's of them. hilarious. Yeah. As good as it gets. But we've Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, and Drew Stanton as our quarterback room. Like it is leaps and bounds better than what we had last year. And I get your Think point that we weren't trying to win last year, but like, if we're looking towards the future and getting excited about anything, just looking at the turnover in that room is enough to get you excited. Yeah. Even if we were still just working with the same skill position players as last year, that's enough to get us a couple Ws.
1: But So we traded a third-round pick for Tyra Taylor, Michael. Yes. For just a second round pick more, we could have had AJ McCarron. No. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh. We almost gosh. did it. That's what Sashi
0: died it, for. It's just Sashi a died. second
1: round more. Sashi so died for that. Basically, we could give Nick Chubb and Tyrod Taylor for AJ McCarron.
0: Oh my gosh, that would have been the trade. I'd literally, I choose to believe that Sashi intentionally messed that up so that it just abso- wouldn't happen. He absolutely, he had did. to have. There's he's, no, there's
3: no way, there's no doubt. I can't wait It'll, for the thirty for
1: thirty. like yes. twenty years from now, where Sashi's just sitting there in an interview room in yeah. a dark room. He's like, yeah, I did it. After like Jim, <laughs> I think Jimmy Haslam would have to die. And like and somebody would have to else to own the Browns before that comes and he's out. He's just like, yeah, for sure. I was not going to trade for AJ
0: McCarron. <laughs> it's it's going to
3: come out pick. after the Browns win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he's going to take credit for not like Nick Chubb. Like, is the yeah. Super Bowl MVP exactly? And I hope Nick so. Chubb's the Super Bowl MVP. And Sasha Brown says, "You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, yeah you're welcome." I, I and it. then he's going to come out and yep. and he wanted make to trade credit.
0: that man for AJ McCarron. <laughs> oh man,
3: That's like, so I still,
1: I still can't get over. I th- uh, there was a deal for a third and a second for A.J. McCarron, who then proceeded to go sign, like, a, a low backup grade deal with the Bills. Oh, he was the yeah. last man standing, basically, oh. quarterback yeah, free free agency. Free agency. Nobody and wanted.
3: that Jimmy Garoppolo was traded for one second-round pick.
1: Yes. Like, really? Are you really? freaking a and. Uh, and like, don't get Browns fans started on Jimmy Garoppolo. We never had a chance at signing Jimmy Gra- or trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. It wasn't that ever is on your, the table.
0: That is your like. I think that's the thing that you're most angry about with Browns fans, is that people getting pissed about Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, trade.
1: well, they live in they live in this world that like every everything's, <laughs> everything's equal, and if some team like gets to do something that, that you, we should, you could have done it too, and it's just not true.
0: Yeah. It's it's just not true. Bill Belichick
1: and Bill Belichick and trades to Yeah, like like it, it's not an even playing field. It's not uh, I mean, it's not like Monopoly where you're just trying to like oh, I'll I'll get the the highest bidder. Like there's more strategy to it than that.
0: Yeah, it's not like Settlers of Catan like I yeah. can't make a trade because <laughs> you guys won't trade with me. Right? Like it's just <laughs> not the same. This is this <laughs> is and the thing you that you care about
3: the most. <laughs> There, I guarantee there's, like, literally two listeners to our podcast that know what Settlers of Catan is. <laughs> no, but, that's not
1: true. We're, uh, we're getting really niche here. We'll, we'll um, find out. No, no, but it's, but it's true. And then even thinking about Jimmy Garoppolo probably doesn't want to come play for the freaking Cleveland Browns. like, And he was going to be a free agent after this season. So, yeah. Like, good luck trying to trade for a guy who doesn't want to be there and makes that known ahead of time. So just move on. No, we we couldn't get him. Like I definitely would have given over. a second round pick for him if he wanted to come here, yes. like in a heartbeat. But he didn't want to come here. And it's and fine.
0: Obviously, we probably tried to make that trade. Simple as it gets, we tried to do that because we tried to do that for AJ
1: McCarron. So and we and we tried to do it like at draft time last year. Yeah, like for reportedly more than a second round pick, and we were turned down. So.
3: All right, so is there right, any guys, more positions, okay. Matt, Michael, okay. what about the fullback position? I, I want to go. I want to go back to our Drew Stanton comments.
1: Oh, Dan Vitali's still here, locking it down. Dan Vitali. Yeah, no,
3: there's no other position I want to talk about. <laughs> but I did just find this interesting. So I sorted this football database thing of the win loss records for starting quarterbacks. It's it, basically the only requirement is they've started at least one game since 1978. Is
1: Drew Stanton leading the
3: league. So you want to hear who the two guys that are bracketed around Drew Stanton in win percentage? Aaron right. Rodgers and Carson Wentz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like top ten in win percentage as when, a starting quarterback. When when were these wins? Like when did Stanton yeah, win these games? Question. That's a great. What's question. that? When did Stanton win these games? In Arizona, like when and, Carson
3: and a handful. And I think he's played some. He played some in Detroit too, but mostly in Arizona. Like a few years ago, like he, two when years Carson ago Wentz in Arizona, got hurt, not Carson, when Carson Wentz, Carson, Carson Palmer, Palmer got hurt. He stepped in and made it happen. Yeah, he played
0: nine games in 2014.
3: He's the man,
1: Drew Stanton. And he's
3: gonna teach Baker Mayfield all the ways.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Those Michigan State quarterbacks, man, just sneaky good in the NFL. Just stay around Drew forever. Stanton, Brian Hoyer. Kirk cousins. I'm, I'm not convinced they're not the same. They're all—they're not all the same like, person. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh
0: man. All right. Well, let's let's end it. Let's wrap it up there on a positive note, talking about our goat quarterback Drew. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We so appreciate it. Um, if you get a chance, um, be sure to tweet at Barbasol. Um, let them know that uh, we want to continue to have them as our sponsor. Um, that would be fantastic. We love. Sp- being sponsored by Barbasol. We love talking about Barbasol. We love shaving with Barbasol. We're just big Barbasol guys over here. Um, So if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Obviously, um, comment on our page and follow us on Twitter. Send us an email if you want to interact with us. Send them our fathers at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. Go Browns. Go Browns.